A lot of moving parts for next season for the Louisville wide receiver room. On today's episode of the Locked On the Louisville podcast, we're going to break that down and more. So with that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Joining me today, recruiting analyst from the state of Louisville, Grant Mulligan. Grant, how are you doing, man? Doing fantastic. It's great to be on the pod, man, Dalton. It's, it's great to sit down and talk with you, man. Unfortunately for the listeners, look, I keep telling them that I'm going to get over this sinus issue one day soon. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like that's today. Hopefully by Monday's episode, we're good to go. But regardless, uh, feel free to um, criticize me for sounding like a screech owl. But Never. a lot of stuff to talk about. Obviously, early signing day uh, was on Wednesday. That period continues into Friday. A lot of movement for the Louisville wide receiver room. We're going to talk about the two new additions via the transfer portal, Jimmy Callaway and Jaden Thompson. We'll talk about DeAndre Moore signing with Texas. And then in the final segment, we'll talk about a uh, commitment from three-star running back Kewan Brown. So, Grant beginning with the two wide receiver transfers, two guys that um, seemed like it wasn't necessarily surprising that they signed with Louisville. Um, Callaway and Thompson both spent three years at their respective destinations, Tennessee for Callaway, Thompson uh, with Cincinnati. Well, for, for Jimmy, you, you got to start looking back at his, at his high school stuff to really start to evaluate his game because both in the case of Jimmy, um, and Jaden at Cincinnati, these are both guys who were very highly rated, four stars coming out of high school uh, and just haven't really seen a lot of opportunity. And whether it be by changes in coaching staff or guys above them, they just haven't seen a lot of targets, haven't gotten uh, really involved in the game plan as, as much as their talents would suggest that they should. So I think in both instances, and, and especially in Jimmy's, this is really an opportunity for him to get this change of scenery and, and showcase his talents in, in an offense in which it should pair very well with what he brings to the table. Um, in, in Jimmy's case, he was a supreme athlete in high school. He played both wide receiver and quarterback, especially senior year. He was mostly the quarterback for his high school. Um, very athletic, very strong run after the catch ability. He was was able to take the top off the defense from the, the receiver position, which you saw a lot more his junior year. He has some natural hands. He can extend and pluck. He has a lot of that skill you're looking for, which a lot of the time it's absent from a lot of those athlete wide receiver quarterback hybrid type guys. But at Tennessee, he also showcased, uh, he had that, his probably his biggest career highlight there was whenever he took the, the screen past 44 yards for a touchdown while breaking a few tackles from the defenders. And I think that that's something that we see a lot in both the game uh, of Jimmy Callaway and Jaden Thompson is that it seems that Brahm is really targeting guys who are, possessing that run after catch ability that athleticism the guys who maybe haven't seen a lot of targets so far in their career but have that potential they come from that high pedigree uh, and and jimmy is a great example of somebody who's tremendously athletic and has a, a ton of potential that is untapped and it seems like he just needed a change of scenery maybe a change of offense to get him where he has the potential of reaching 
And that was one of the issues with the Louisville offense last year, right? The yards after catch. Now, granted, you can question the offensive scheme, and I think mm-hmm. that that is a very valid concern. Um, but it seems like Jeff Brom and company, when you look at the guys that he brought in at Purdue in, in the receiving core, um, you know, the transfers that were brought in, not all of them had a uh, big-time production um, level to their name coming into Purdue, but mainly you know, banking on, like you said, those uh, traits of being able to take the ball after contact and stuff like that. I think one interesting thing for me about Callaway is that obviously the talent is there. Now, granted, Tennessee – I feel like it's probably easier said than done to get into that depth chart because they have some very, very, very good receivers, you know, Jalen Hyatt and company uh, moving on down that line. But Callaway was a guy that in the fall camp, in the offseason, really, really turned heads from the coaching staff here. Obviously, I think for me, I think this is, like you said, this is Brom just trying to take a, a player that didn't necessarily have that great of a career at one place and bank on that talent, give him a change of scenery and put him into an offense that honestly is kind of like the one at Tennessee. So he, I don't necessarily think there's going to be too much growing pains there. Right. Uh, I agree. I think that there's a lot of similarities in the air raid system that Brom uses to the air raid system that uh, they were using at Tennessee. So it should help him really start to, to get his footing early and in the wide receiver room they currently have it at Louisville, there's going to be a lot of opportunity to make a contention right. for those starting spots. Uh, and and going back to what you said originally, a lot of that was missing in the previous Louisville offense. And I think a guy, cause talking about run after catch, a guy who I think is currently in the room who is really going to thrive in this new offense because he possesses those traits that Brom wants is Amari Huggins-Bruce. Mm-hmm. And every time we saw him get the ball in his hands he just seemed so close to being able to break it and and take it the distance and i think having that established guy in the room who can do that he's going to feast in this new brahm offense and it's it's really the those kind of guys that he's looking to surround him with so i think aside from amari i fully expect amari to take that that next step and and take that starting role and be a focal point of the offense but there's a lot of a lot of room to fill out the receiver room aside uh, aside him uh, and Jimmy is, is six feet and Jaden Thompson is, is six two. So you're really going to be able to, to work that size component and to be able to make a difference there. Yeah. And I think that um, some people I've seen tweet, you know, is Calway that good considering that he didn't necessarily have the statistics to back it up. I think he's definitely got the talent. I think he, he is does. that good. This is a situation where unfortunately in that Akron game, um, some things led to him not necessarily playing a lot the rest of the season. Um, but this is a good opportunity for him to um, definitely get a solid change of scenery. The other guy, Jaden Thompson, has some statistical production to his name. Three years at Cincinnati, 2021, had 208 yards, no touchdowns. Got one touchdown last year, 27 receptions, 393 yards. So he comes from the Bearcat program, uh, just under 700 career yards of receiving. Uh, former four-star player from the Chicago area, 6'2", 187. Um, I think that this is almost a very similar situation to Callaway and giving him uh, a change of scenery. I think that this is probably maybe a little bit different for Thompson, in my opinion, because I think that there's a lot of question marks surrounding Cincinnati's offense, and now I think he definitely made the best move. 
right. um, considering that, you know, the coaching staff uh, scheme that's coming in. But I think that this is an opportunity that we could see Thompson also, you know, having a big jump statistically in 2023. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that really is going to help him finding a role here is his kick return ability. Uh, a lot of people right. have seen that 100-yard kick return that he took to the house. Um, I'm forgetting against who it was against, but it was during this past season in which you know, he showcased both that, that run-after catch ability. He can do that in the return game as well. And with Braden Smith seeming like he's going to be on the way out, and the return role looks like it's going to be open you know, between him and, and Amari, both guys who have some return experience. But when you have a guy who has at this level, taking a kick return to the house, you know, that, that really helps being able to get points on the board in, in ways more than just offense. Having a dynamic guy like that who can make a difference on special teams too can really help him carve out a role. I definitely agree. I think that both of these guys are going to be extremely successful next season. Um, but I think that their additions uh, or the addition of both of these receivers on Wednesday – ultimately helps soften the blow of losing highly rated four-star receiver DeAndre Moore, unfortunately signing with Texas on Thursday evening. We'll talk about that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at NHTSA. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, well, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers, even your parents, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. So transform, transforming, transitioning over into the second segment with State of Louisville recruiting analyst Grant Mulligan. And for those who don't know, obviously, I came from State of Louisville. I started uh, with Big Red Louie and um, was a part of the initial staff when uh, Jacob Lane and Presley Meyer founded the State of Louisville. So I have a deep appreciation for uh, the guys over there. Glad to have Grant on for the first time. Definitely won't be the last. Grant, DeAndre Moore does what Louisville fans felt like was the inevitable signed with Texas. Um, I'm not going to be one of those guys that says, Oh, we're better off without him. We don't need him. Let's be honest. Um, he was projected to be a guy that maybe started next year. Um, just talk about how big of a loss this is from, from Louisville standpoint. Yeah. Like you said, unfortunately, this is really what seemed to be the inevitable after he took that visit to Texas, instead of coming with the rest of the group that, that same weekend when they had, you know, one of the biggest recruiting weekends in, in program history and Brahms first major recruiting weekend. It, it really seemed like all signs were pointing to him going to Texas and you're absolutely right. You, know, you can spend all day talking about, man, we'll be fine. We, we don't need him. He was a transcendental player at the position. I mean, we, we would be kidding ourselves if we didn't say that he wouldn't be contending for early reps, perhaps even a starting position day one. He just had that kind of ability, very polished, coming from a great program, winning tradition. He, he has a lot of tools in the toolbox that's going to make him very successful. And seeing what Brahm and Co. could do with guys like Rondale Moore, you know, just 
you know, last name, the, the more guys I can do, they can do a lot with him. Mm-hmm. But he had a lot of similar skill set. You know, he had that run after catchability that was very coveted by, by the Brom staff. He's fast. He had natural hands. Couldn't, he played so much bigger than what his size was listed as. He can go up and get it. So that's a big loss. And especially in a receiver room that really, aside from transfers and, and a couple young players, is kind of lacking depth at this point. And I know that Brom is looking to add more through the transfer portal. And I think that's going to be very helpful. But you're, you're really looking at the room now. There isn't a definitive future at the position because Amari Huggins-Bruce, who I have already mentioned, is the only young player who's really given us something to look forward to with game production. And he has already played two years. So he's on the back end of his career, especially if he has a very productive start to this this offense if he really starts to take off and show what he can do i think that there's every likelihood that he could explore nfl opportunities if that were to if that were to come up so right now we need to be looking at procuring a better future for that position room deandre Moore looked like he could have really been that guy the guy who we could have offensively game planned uh, for years to come you know at least at least three years so i think next year's recruiting class at the wide receiver position is going to be critical to the future of the room. And granted, Brahm and Co. have done great work with guys who maybe aren't as highly recruited. You know, Charlie Jones, they got him to All-American honors, and he was a two-star kid coming out. So they can they can do a lot of work with guys who you know don't necessarily have the same pedigree, have the same accolades coming out of high school. But that really makes you wonder what they could do with a guy who has that kind of ability because there's only so much scheme you can do to, to make a guy shine like that and seeing the, the amazing things they were able to do with Rondell Moore, a guy with, with superb athletic talent playing on Sundays. Now, you know, it, it makes me very excited to see the kind of guy they're going to go after in, in 2024 class. And I, I think they should keep their, their sights at a very similar level because they are going to need a difference maker, at the wide receiver room. I think we're really looking at a, at a concerning lack of depth there right now. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's been an issue for the past couple of seasons. Um, nice. That Jeff Brom, uh, you look at what he's done in the high school realm. Obviously, uh, no DeAndre Moore, but you do bring in guys like William Fowles, um, like mm-hmm. Jaleel McClain, even Kataris Hicks. Um, you know, even though he's kind of lower rated, still a, a guy that shined in the Miami area. So, you know, a, a type of recruit that Louisville over the past two decades has definitely um, had some success with. But I think that you literally took the words out of my mouth. The the two things that this highlights for me, number one, the lack of depth um, moving forward, maybe not this season, because I think that they're going to add, you know, maybe another receiver or so, and they need to, uh, but bringing in Callaway, bringing in Johnson or Johnson Thompson, I I can't even think today, uh, bringing in Thompson, uh, two big additions. But when I look at this, wide receiver room on paper, I'm not sure that there is a definitive number one option to go to. But granted, like you said, you can also say, well, maybe that was the case at Purdue, and look at what Charlie Jones did this past year. I mean, he had 110 receptions for nearly 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns. Like that, that's not something that only scheme opens up, right? That's something that it's not only scheme, but it's unlocking that talent. It is um, 
you know, putting him in the best position to succeed. So you can argue that, hey, Wolves got some of those type of statistical guys on the roster. Maybe he unlocks Amari Huggins-Bruce. Maybe Callaway or Johnson. I said it again, Johnson, Thompson, Jaden Thompson. I, I don't know who I'm thinking of regardless, but um, Callaway or Thompson could be one of those guys. And who knows if Braden Smith gets the medical red shirt to come back or the another year of eligibility or whatever he, he's going for and whether or not he wants to come back and so on and so forth. D. Wiggins, we'll see what happens there. But on paper right now, I still think that this team needs a guy from the portal that showed out at a previous stop that has like a maybe not necessarily a Tyler Hudson level uh, statist- statistical production because Hudson was very accomplished at his previous stop, but a guy that was very involved at his previous stop. So I think that, you know, you could look to add a guy in the portal here. Um, but am I on the right track here? Do you think it matters to have that production at, at the previous stop or is it kind of one of those things of just trust Brom regardless? I mean, I don't think it's given their track record and, and coach Garrick McKee has also done a fantastic job with the wide receivers in his room so far. It is not unreasonable for you to go into that and, and really bank on their ability to develop guys and get production out of guys. But I don't feel like that is, is the end all be all. I mean, right. you should never stop looking for guys with proven production and proven ability to do it because there's going to be some times where you think you're going to be able to get the best out of a guy and, and either they don't work with you or you don't work with them or whatever, what have you, you, know, you there needs to be a guy you can fall back on. Yeah. You know, there needs to be a guy with proven success or, or, somebody who can lead the room. I, I guess that that's more what, what we need to be looking for is a guy who can really uh, take the leadership role, lead that room, show what it's like to be a number one receiver in the offense. Like Hudson, like Hudson, like Tyler Hudson was. And, you know, like Louisville's had in the past, like two, two at well, I mean, even if he isn't the, the highest statistical producer, but like Des Fitzpatrick guys like that, who have a lot of production in their history and, and can do it at that at that high level. So like you said, maybe you don't need Tyler Hudson level of production, but the only way you're really going to get a guy like that is when you get like coaching changes because productive receivers typically don't leave. If they know they're going to get the ball, they're probably going to stay where they're at, especially if they're getting NFL consideration. So yeah. you're at that point, you, you kind of have to hope and pray. I think Brom's handling it the right way, going after yeah, guys cool. with legitimate pedigrees, with athletic talent, with untapped potential, and and trusting that Garrett McGee can can really bring the best out of him. And he's given us no reason to think that he can't. I mean, we have a, a great wide receiver coach coming in who's developed some great talent. So I think I think to a great degree we can assume that Brom can scheme somebody and, and Garrett can can really bring the talent out of some of these guys. But I don't think that should in any way dissuade us from trying to go for a, a productive guy who's ready to step into a number one role. Yeah, I think that both things can be true at one at you know one time. You know, you trust Brom and company, you trust Garrett McGee because they've shown that they can produce um, you know, walk on guys, guys that are ranked lower. Uh, but they also succeed with the higher rated guys as well. So um, you know, like, like you said, I think that there's no issue with going after a guy that has produced at a previous stop, which is obviously encouraged. But if they weren't able to go out and get a guy that is a thousand yard receiver somewhere else, that's not going to mean that the wide receiver room is not going to succeed this year. Right. And I think that the loss of DeAndre Moore hurts. 
because I think that he is a possible All-American level talent one day here in college football. But it does help soften the blow when you bring in uh, two talented receivers in Jimmy Callaway and Jaden Thompson. So I agree. Um, <clears throat> I want to take this time now for the final segment to move over into the running back room to where there is a lack of depth right now, but they did a good job on early signing day to address that uh, considerably. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Before we do that, I want to say thank you all once again for making Locked On the Louisville your first to listen every day. Do yourself a favor. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked on Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Heading right on into the final segment of the show. It is flying by with State of Wolves recruiting analyst Grant Mulligan. Grant, the Cardinals um, had a maybe not necessarily expected, but definitely not surprising commitment or signing on um, early signing day. Three-star running back Kiwan Brown decommitted from Purdue after Brom took the job at Louisville, made a visit to the program this past weekend, and on Wednesday, the Atlanta running back committed to the Cardinals. Um, before we get into discussion, I want to start it by telling you all what Andrew Ivins, the Southeast recruiting analyst from 24-7 Sports, said about um, Kewan Brown in his scouting report. He projected him as a Power 5 starter, just kind of, uh, you know, Going through, not necessarily reading it word for word, um, basically says one of the more seasoned running backs in the 2023 cycle, um, nearly 7,500 rushing yards during his four years in the Georgia area, including 32 games where he eclipsed the 100-yard mark. Powerful legs allow him to shed plenty of arm tackles, while advanced vision helps him find a crease in the defense. Um, Isn't the fastest guy, but has shown time and time again that he can pull away from defenders in the open field. Um, also is solid in the special teams game as a returner and does a good job of weaving his way through traffic. The one thing that he says is long-term durability could be an issue given what the uh, odometer measures, but has the looks of someone that can be a multiple-year contributor. Grant, um, obviously three-star guys you know, might not necessarily draw the hype of a Reuben Owens but when you look at Kiwan Brown and what he brings to the table, how successful he's been in a very good area of high school football, um, you know, statistically, um, you got to think Louisville possibly got a diamond in the rough here. Yeah, and it, it's quite possible that they did. I mean, you look at his him on paper, and it doesn't jump out to you as a power back guy. You know, he's he's five nine, barely over two hundred. But he is extremely strong in his running style, and he keeps his his legs churning through contact. The thing that jumps out to me the most with him is his vision. Uh, he sees holes developing as they happen. He he sees that defender at the next level and is able to divert his path or or to straight up run through him. Um, so I think that he definitely is going to be able to carve out a role in this offense, especially given the current lack of depth to the position. So it's a lot likely to lead to early reps but he's absolutely right when he discusses the, the what's on the odometer already i mean we see the state of running backs both in college and the nfl guys who have had that much time or that many yards that much running opportunity it just simply wears down on the human body but with the way that brahms offense works i think that it would be excellent to have a guy like him in short yardage situations or late in the game when you have to churn down the clock and you know, the defense is tired 
and and a guy who's difficult to tackle in that way, who's going to be physical and come up and and hit you. He is that guy. He he reminds me in in a few ways of Jalen Mitchell, who we've had in the past, is that he isn't a burner. He's he's a pretty one one gear. You know, he hits his he makes his one cut and he accelerates to full speed pretty quickly. It's just that that full speed is not it's not going to blow you off the page, but he definitely has a, a ton of toughness. He's very, you know, very smart, very divisive, decisive runner, able to hit the hole, get the tough yardage, churn through people. I think Matt McGavick, who's another contributor in the state of Louisville, he made a great point in, in a, uh, the most recent episode uh, from the pink seats. He compared him to Doug Martin in, in the terms of, you know, he's not the biggest. That is a name that I have not heard. I know in years. That's why I was, that, that was a Martin. genius take. Genius oh take by gosh. Matt. Shout Matt out to Matt. Matt had to go to the memory vault for he that did. one. I, my gosh. I remember when he was on my fantasy football team when I just yes. started. My gosh, man. But you I see a lot of those. Quite some time. Yeah. You see a lot of those similar traits and just he has the strength. He has the, the, the will to drive through his opponents and he definitely brings a new element to that running back room because the guys we have right now, extremely talented, uh, Jawar Jordan and Maurice Turner, but neither of them are doing or have the same running style or traits um, that we're getting from Kiwan Brown. I think that it's a great addition to the running back room. Obviously, you would love to have Ruben Owens. I don't know anybody in the country who wouldn't. Yeah, I think I lost your audio, Grant. But um, regardless, I'm sorry, my, I, my mic turned off during that, didn't oh, it? Did it's all good. Basically, I think I, I would compare him a lot to Michael Dyer, um, okay. that played at Louisville, um, obviously in Bobby 2.0 era. Um, 5'9, 205 pounds, um, possesses that low center of gravity that maybe he's not necessarily as fast as Dyer was, but your running style is very similar. I think that, you know, year one with. Um, you know, Jordan and Maurice Turner being possibly the number one, number two, it doesn't hurt to have a, a power back. I think that, you know, he's definitely a situational guy. Maybe he doesn't have over 100 carries year one, but is possibly a solid addition for the future. Possible multiple-year starter, kind of like a, a Brandon Radcliffe type of uh, rise to where maybe didn't necessarily play early on, but had a couple years of really solid production. So really looking forward to seeing what Kiwan Brown brings to the table, and I think it's a solid addition for Jeff Brom and company. But Grant, loved having you on. Before we get out of here, uh, I'll give you the floor to plug us into your social media and tell us where we can find your work. Well, if, you can, if you're watching at home, the, the Twitter is accurate, at Grant underscore Mulligan underscore. I write recruiting pieces for covering Louisville football for the state of Louisville. Um, you can catch all, I post all my pieces there, or you can, you can also catch me on this, the pink seats podcast from time to time. Uh, but Dalton, I really appreciate you having me on. It was great to, to talk ball with you. Uh, and, and I look forward to, to talking to you again in the future. Grant, uh, have you been on Twitter just right now? now? What happened just now? Oh man. Well, what do we got? MGK, uh, has committed, um, so, That's yeah, huge. this is a live reaction. Um, this is being recorded at 2 to 2.30 on Friday. So, um, obviously, this episode, we kind of planned it like, you know, we won't know when these transfer uh, portal guys are going to 
make it official. But um, Marquise Groves Killebrew, Louisville native, four-star defensive back uh, that transferred from Texas A&M, probably maybe starting for Louisville next year um, outside of Quincy Riley. The huge additions to the defensive back room. But regardless um, – I do want to say thanks again for making us your first listen of the day. I want to give a shout-out to the guys over at the State of Louisville. Um, definitely love the podcasts there from uh, Starting 502, from the Pink Seats, um, so on and so forth. Great shows, great coverage, great um, content, all that good stuff, so be sure to check that out. Um, but regardless, everyone stay safe. Have a great holiday weekend, and we will see you back here very soon.